Richard Nixon once said, In the long term, we can hope that religion will change the nature of man and reduce conflict. But history is not encouraging in this respect. The bloodiest wars in history have been religious wars. Just for a moment, consider the following. Arch enemies, Saudi Arabia and Iran, decided to bury their differences and re-engage with each other in all aspects. Bilateral trade grows, direct investment flourishes, and cooperation reaches its peak in all aspects. This will be the ultimate scenario many will only dream of, given the history between the two arch enemies. But today, it is a reality following China's historic broker the deal between Iran and Saudi Arabia. In this analysis, I am going to provide you my insights you will not get anywhere else about how far the animosity between Iran and Saudi Arabia goes back to. I will also provide you a clear understanding about the difference between the Sunnis and Shiites. So fasten your seatbelt and let's travel back in time to where it all started. Our show today is sponsored by Noble Gold. My name is Dr. David Walalu and you are watching Geopolitics in Conflict. Saudi Arabia and Iran agreed to revive relations after years of hostility. Iran and Saudi Arabia don't like each other in terms of the government. They are on completely opposite sides. But they both live in a dangerous and volatile neighborhood and they've got to get on with each other. This be seen then as Saudi Arabia closely aligning itself with the likes of Russia and China and Iran. What could this deal mean for the region itself? Is it really a step towards stability? Let me provide you a brief background. The announcements of the resumption of relations between Saudi Arabia and Iran and the settlement of many outstanding files between them carries many implications, both geopolitically and economically. Recently, Saudi Finance Minister Mohammed Al-Jad'an statements on the possibility of Saudi investments inside Iran proved that things could lead to positive conditions that will reflect on both countries. Mr. Jadan not only said that investments are possible, but added that there are many opportunities for Saudi investments in Iran. So what are the potentials for both countries? Due to neighborly relations and extended historical relations, trade and economic transactions between Saudi Arabia and Iran, they will continue, most notably, the influx of Iranian to Saudi Arabia to perform Hajj or an Umrah, an activity that extends throughout the year. Now, a word from our sponsor. The second largest and third largest bank runs in a history happened last month. The government is taking steps to guarantee all deposits that means more money printing. Thousands have approached Noble Gold Investments to secure their wealth with gold. Gold is the most notable asset outside the government control. Hurry and go to noblegoldinvestments.com to secure your wealth. Bag a free 5-ounce America, the beautiful coin, if you qualify. Geopoliticsgold.com that's geopoliticsgold.com.
There is always a risk of investments and there is no guarantee of any kind. Back to our show. Saudi Arabia and Iran are also members of OPEC and OPEC+. Plus. Saudi Arabia has a huge balance and a large reserves of oil and gas, about 261.6 billion barrel of oil reserves, 8 trillion cubic meters of natural gas reserves, while Iran has a large balance and huge reserves of oil and natural gas, about 208.6 billion barrel of oil reserves and 34 trillion cubic meters of gas reserves. This is according to the data of the United Arab Economic Report for 2022. And for both countries, it's a niche in the energy markets. Trade between the two countries remained an important bridge for the exchange of goods. The conclusion of the agreement to restore relations between the two countries is expected to show positive results in the economic field. In this report, we will discuss the future of economic relations between Saudi Arabia and Iran and the challenges that lie ahead. But it behooves us to highlight the historical tensions that existed between these two countries that transcend time, which most Westerners do not understand. Before I delve deeper into this, let me talk about geography of each country. Let's start with Saudi Arabia. It is known officially as the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. It is geographically considered the fifth largest state in Asia and second largest state in the Arab world after Algeria. Saudi Arabia borders Jordan and Iran to the north, Kuwait to the northeast, Qatar, Bahrain, and the United Arab Emirates to the east, Oman to the southeast, and Yemen to the south. It is separated from Israel and Egypt by the Gulf of Aqaba. After all, Saudi Arabia is recognized throughout the world for two main things, oil and Wahhabism ideology. Iran geography, on the other hand, is slightly different. Iran, officially known as the Islamic Republic of Iran, is located between the southwestern part of Asia and the Middle East. To the north, Iran borders the Caspian Sea and Turkmenistan. To its northwest, it borders Turkey, Azerbaijan, and Armenia. On the west, it borders Iraq. And on the long southwestern borders, Iran meets the Straits of Hormuz, which in turn meets the Gulf of Oman. To the east, Iran borders Afghanistan and to the southeast, Pakistan. This geography makes Iran a strategic location that bridges different cultures, allowing it to play a vital role economically, politically, religiously, and culturally. As to the religious rivalry between Saudi Arabia, it's worth talking about. So there is the debate and divide. Briefly, the origin of the split between Shia and Sunnis was mainly based on who was the rightful leader to succeed upon Prophet Muhammad's death. The agreement among the Prophet's followers at that time suggested that the successor must be chosen by the community of Muslims. Others, mainly minority Shia, 
wanted the successor to be a member of the Prophet's family. The consensus was that Ali, Muhammad's son's-in-law, fits this profile given the fact he was married to the Prophet's daughter, Fatima. To the dismay of the Sunnis, who strongly advocated that the Prophet's successor should be chosen by the elite of the community. Their wishes were not realized. It is, however, the vision over leadership that paved the way for the political split between Sunnis and Shiites that persist till today. During this chaos, Ali was chosen as the fourth caliph. Those are the Prophet Muhammad's successors. Of note, Ali's two predecessors were assassinated. Unfortunately, Ali himself was killed in a battle in 661 near the city of Kufa, located in the south of modern-day Iraq. Kufa served as the center of Arab cultures and learning from the 8th to the 10th century. The death of Ali further deepened the division within the Muslim community, splitting it into two branches that regrettably were never reunited. With Ali's death, his son Hussein took the lead and continued the war, sending a message of rejection to the new caliph at that time. However, the caliph's army massacred Hussein and his family. So the importance of providing this brief historical account is to highlight the complexities surrounding the Shia-Sunni divide that manifested itself beyond the religious realm into the last few centuries. Further, the provision of this information about this ongoing split reminds us of how daunting a task is trying to resolve a 1400-year-old struggle. This is why I do not subscribe to the notion that Saudi Arabia and Iran can and ever will get along. The resentment and mistrust between these two countries runs very deep. While the split was originally over who would succeed the Prophet Muhammad, the present-day rivalry between Sunni-dominant Saudi Arabia and Shia-dominant Iran is partially over geopolitics, nationalism, and ideology. Although the acquisition of religion or religious leaders, leadership is part of the issue, it is not the entire issue. As a result, one should recognize that while the Iran and Saudi Arabia rivalry is based on religion, it is also politically driven. Equally important, I highlight the religious aspect to bring to the fore the misconception and baseless claims Saudi Arabia propagates vis-à-vis -vis Iran's desire to dominate the Muslim world. Statistically speaking, the numbers do not support neither the interest nor the ability to acquire that leadership over the Muslim world. The reason being is because it realizes that its minority Shia population of about 170 million worldwide can neither control a Muslim population of 1.6 billion, nor will Sunni Muslims allow it. 
It is my opinion that the argument Saudi Arabia makes about Iran wants to take over the Muslim world is a tactic the desert kingdom uses to mask its economic and social failure and hide behind the facade of Muslim unity and other slogans. To illustrate, some Muslim countries, including Saudi Arabia, uses the Arab-Israeli conflict to demonstrate how concerned they are. These same Arab Muslim countries do not give a hoot about Palestine or Arab-Israeli conflict. They are using the conflict to mask their inadequate leadership and failed economic, educational, and social policies. Clearly, Saudi Arabia is no different from several other Muslim countries when its domestic and foreign policies are based on the perceived needs and wants of the Al Saud monarchy rather than the wishes and demands of its own citizens, the Palestinian people or that of the Muslim world writ large. The ongoing regional conflict reflects the ideological attraction Iran is gaining in countries like Yemen, Syria, Lebanon, Bahrain, and other Gulf states. Moreover, even though two crucial Islamic holy sites, Mecca and Medina, are in Saudi Arabia, Iran and Shiites, for that matter, don't grant the kingdom pivotal leadership over the entire Muslim world. There is no seeing eye to eye between these two branches of faith. Saudi Arabia's anxiety began before the West and Iran agreements over the latter's nuclear program. It arose rather in the events of the Arab Spring that saw long-established dictators like Hosni Mubarak removed from power. As a result, the kingdom feared that a similar revolt could sweep its territory, mainly in the kingdom's eastern Shiite-dominant provinces of Jizan and Najran. This anxiety suggests that the emergence of Shia-Sunni enmity, which emerged following the death of Prophet Muhammad in 632, indeed divides the Middle East along religious lines. The hidden agendas political or otherwise, from both sides, drive the animosity between Sunnis and Shiites, categorized as Saudi Arabia versus Iran. Undoubtedly, the Iranian Revolution of 1979 revived the Shiites' ideology that had lain dormant for centuries. While Saudi Arabia does not take census on a religion, it is known that Saudi Arabia is 100% Muslim. However, estimates suggest that the majority of Muslims in Saudi Arabia are of Sunni branch of Islam, at about 85 to 90%. The other major Muslim groups in the, is the Shiites who comprise the remaining 10 to 15% of the community. It is fair to state that Islam is in addition to oil are the only possibilities that Saudi Arabia has at its disposal when it comes to its transactions with the world. But it is also important for you to know the history of the Persian Empire. It will be a daunting task 
to cover the 5,000-year history of the Persian Empire in a few pages. However, one must explain, put in perspective, and illuminate the crucial elements that have shaped modern-day Iran given the events of many millennia ago. It will not do you justice if I focus my narrative on only one specific period over another in the history of this extraordinary empire. That said, the need to emphasize the early historical events of the Persian Empire could not be greater. Such a study shows the events of the Persian Empire that shaped, influenced, and elucidated the, the political, social, and cultural plateau on which many agendas compete today. The history of Persian Empire shaped and molded modern-day Iran into what it is today. Could Iran's foreign policy behavior trace its roots to its being one of the most influential empires in the history of mankind? Possibly. One must understand that the history of modern-day Iran involves many aspects ranging, ranging from religious doctrines and social customs to political ideology and economic aspirations. These elements, detailed in the following, in the following defined, contributed, and shaped the Persian Empire to modern-day Iran. Yet, understanding these basic tenets helps us place Iran within the context of the greater Middle East. Make no mistake, despite its tumultuous history and conflicting ideologies, Iran remains a political force that shapes the economic, religious, ideological, and political narrative well beyond the confines of the Middle East. As a result, Iran continues to attract world powers with a magnetic force to compete over its vast energy sources and economic opportunities. The emergence of modern-day Iran. One can briefly illuminate how Iran evolved throughout the centuries from its glorious days, yes, from its glorious days as the Persian Empire to a modern-day theocratic force in the Middle East. Yet, how can one talk about Iran without a basic understanding of its centuries-spanning history? After all, Iran's rich history captures the imagination of intellectuals, fascinates artists, provokes the curiosity of politicians, and even lures conquerors. Iran's complex history involves the existence of different religions within its own borders, social and economic influences, and transformative internal dynamics. Those influences, those changes, are what made Iran what it is today. This is no small change to witness in the social fabric of Iran's society, which wore its storied history through decades of glory and triumph, and now seems clothed to some in the costume of a pariah. A different Iran appears today, one that demands attention precisely because of how people perceive it. 
questions arise like, is Iran an aggressive power or a victim? Is Iran traditionally expansionist or traditionally passive and defensive? Is the Shiism of Iran quietist or violent and revolutionary? Only the study of history can answer those questions. It has been poorly explained to people in the West that Persia and Iran are the same country. Yet the history of Persia, known for its romance, elegant, well-manicured gardens and homemade double-knotted colorful carpets completely differs from modern-day Iran. In the cliché of the Western media portrayal of Iran, the name conjure a dark image, frowning mullahs with a foot-long beard, women covered head to toe, which is, by the way, is non-Islamic since there is no verse in the Quran that suggests a woman dresses or covers herself from head to toe, and angry images of crowd burning the American flag. So here's my conclusion for you. Appearing to facilitate the negotiations as to the Chinese prestige, the not-so-subtle message that China sent is that why the U.S. is the preeminent military power in the Gulf, China is a powerful and rising diplomatic presence. This adds to a perception of Chinese power and influence around the world, and it contributes to a narrative of a shrinking U.S. global presence. As always, prepare yourself for changing world order. Till next time, guys. Bye-bye.